Blue Wire. Breeze hits it in the air to center. We will see you tomorrow night. Jones with a high drive to left field. Gardner back, and that one is gone! A swing and a drive! The deep right! Away back! Off the pole! The Washington Nationals are world champions for the first time in franchise history. It is the walk-off. I'm Holden Kusher along with the ace of Spader, Ryan Spader. We used to be the Best Baseball Podcast. Blue Wire Pods got a hold of us. Uh, we're changing our name because the Best Baseball Podcast, it was the best. It was so good we had to change our name. We're sponsored by BetOnline.ag. We're going to talk baseball. Spader's got his stats. We're going to get right into the Astros thing. I'm not going to ask you how you're doing because I know you're doing great. But uh, Astros cheating scandal, my friend, has been the biggest story really in all of sports. Uh, and the bottom line is this. They cheated. They deserve the punishment. They should have had their championship trophies, uh, trophy taken away from them. They also um, should have the fans just going after them 100%. I don't like the death threats, obviously. But the Astros are getting what they deserve. What's your thoughts on the Astros cheating scandal from a guy that actually has buddies on that team? Well, I don't like the idea that they should have their trophy taken away. And the reason they didn't have it taken away is because a lot of the teams that they were competing against were doing the exact same thing. And this will not come out. You've noticed the um, the Red Sox investigation has kind of come to a standstill. And I think it will remain there. A lot of different teams have been involved with stealing signs by electronic means. And I think the Astros... Um, ironically took like a step backwards in using the trash cans to deliver them, uh, deliver the signs to the, uh, the batters uh, in that, that that's like a, you would think an old school kind of way of doing so, uh, not an electronic way to deliver, you know, by buzzers or whatever have you. But there's a number of teams who are doing the exact same thing from what I've heard. And I firmly believe that the Astros are not uh, being punished to the full extent for that reason. And they're simply acting as Major League Baseball scapegoat. So what they're hoping is that no rogue Astros player, maybe they leave next year and they're no longer with the team. Nobody pulls a Mike Fires. Is that why they're they're just hoping that none of the Astros get away and then more teams fall? Well, let me ask you this. What, like, why haven't guys been suspended? Because if you start suspending guys, you take away their money, their meal check, then guys are probably going to be more likely to start talking. So they're not in a terrible position right now, other than the fact that 29 fan bases hate them. And um, I I think a lot of guys are afraid to speak up. And, I mean, no different than it took, what, one guy, Mike Fires, who had a 14-point-something ERA uh, as a visitor playing, um, playing the Astros, to even speak up and it just happened to be because he's coming into his contract year so i mean again you're talking about money out of a guy's pocket i i don't think um they're in the position where guys want to speak up at this point (laughs) well they shouldn't be i mean nobody wants to go through this again no one wants to go through what mike fires is going through at least we don't think that they want to go through that right I mean, that's that's what we're looking at ultimately is Manfred's hoping that nobody else goes rogue 
and turns on the Astros or nobody from maybe a former, let's just say that the Yankees were cheating. Just as an example, I'm not saying anything that they were. I'm just using them as an example. Let's just say that they were cheating and one of their pitchers ends up leaving. He's upset about it. You know, the Yankees uh, that they cut him and he goes out and says, well, you know what? The Yankees were cheating too. That's the biggest fear from Rob Manfred. That's the reason why he didn't take their championship away from him. That's ridiculous. They stole the championship. It's as simple as that. They gave themselves a massive unfair advantage. Now, if we find out teams are doing that in 2016 and 2018 and 2019, then you got another hell of a problem on your hands. But if you're going to clean it up, why are you going to play chicken to the rest of the players? And the rest of the organizations, if you're the commissioner, come down, slap them hard, man, especially the way that the Astros conducted themselves, really giving a fake apology. Now, see, I've, I've heard this stuff going on since the mid-2000s, and these uh, it's not just the Astros. I'm just getting tired of hearing that, you know, the Astros this and the Astros that, and people well, are no, accusing Ryan, me. nobody's saying that. <laughs> nobody's saying it's just the Astros. I'm not saying it's just the Astros. What I'm saying is if you do a wrong, you get punished for the wrong. You don't, you don't worry about some player coming out and ratting out another team. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Well, that, but that's why they're not getting punished is because they know for, I believe, this is my opinion, Rob Manfred knows that if he punishes individual players, then more is going to come out of this. And Major League Baseball is using the Astros as a scapegoat, just as they did Rawlings Baseball with the um, juiced baseball last season, just as they did with Mark McGuire and Barry Bonds during the steroid era, just as they did with uh, the 1985 Pittsburgh drugs. Uh, what are you, drug trials? Scandal, yeah. Yeah, whatever the hell. And um, uh, to scapegoat the uh, use of cocaine and amphetamines in the game. Major League Baseball is always looking for an out and for somebody to blame. They don't take any responsibility. And they had a golden opportunity to be like, hey, look, this stuff is going on across the entire game. Um, we could have stopped it. We didn't. Here's what we're going to do in the future to mitigate this, and uh, we're going to move forward. But but they didn't. Instead, they scapegoated the Astros. That's the way I see it. Yeah, but is there enough evidence on other teams that you'd throw them in there? Uh, to me, this was stupid. First of all, you got the most talented team in 2017. All right, They were going up against a terrific Dodgers team. I get that. They had a super talented team. This was just a dumb way of doing it, banging on trash cans, man. I mean, That's why they I, got I caught, know. though. Huh? That's why they got caught. That's what I'm saying. That's just stupid. I don't understand it. I do understand how teams have been stealing signs for years. And Trevor Bauer comes out on HBO Real Sports as 70% of pitchers are using pine tar, and that's bad too. But I just don't understand. Well, I do understand because Manfred didn't have the cojones to take the, the trophy away from him. I'm not saying suspend individual players. That's fine. You know, Carlos Beltran lost his job. Cora lost his job. Hinch lost his job. The managers are obviously paying for it, and the former players are paying for it. But you don't have to go after individual players. I'm fine with that. Take away the collective championship. Just do it already. They didn't earn it. I See, I, I just disagree because a lot of the teams that they beat were doing the same thing. I've heard stories about... Um, I, again, I don't want to say individual teams, but about uh, opposing teams in Minute Maid Park uh, during the postseason trying to set up um, cameras and an individual wearing a Major League Baseball polo instead of his uh, team's polo. 
and being called out for that. I've heard so many different things that some of which sound completely ridiculous and absurd, but when you think about it, and the fact is the Astros were delivering signs by banging on a trash can. It's and not, video. It's not that crazy. <laughs> it, again, it just it doesn't seem to me that it was very well thought out. What if we get caught? What is the best way to not get caught? There had to be a better way. But you're saying, first of all, you're talking about a guy that was in a polo shirt, you know, an MLB, and he was really with a team. Did it work? No, obviously it didn't work because the, <laughs> the dude got caught doing it. <laughs> so you've got that. You said you know other ones, though. What are some of the other examples without ratting out a team? What well, are some I of the other things you've heard? I would say the most ridiculous individual example I heard was um, uh, an individual had a, um, a guy who he would have sitting in center field, and um, he would wave a, a wife beater from dead center. He was using um, like some sort of like military-grade binoculars, which sounds absurd, but apparently it's true because I've heard it from so many players. I've heard it from so many different media people, and... This person is beloved in baseball and for whatever reason has not been outed for this, but would have an individual in center field in home games waving a wife beater if uh, a pitch was off speed. And if it wasn't, they you know would put it down. And that's how <laughs> they were delivering signs. And when I hear that, I'm like, yeah, okay, banging on a trash can is not that crazy. <laughs> well, I mean, at least it was a shirt. It's also a very specific shirt. Like they couldn't go with one, with one that had sleeves, right? They had to go with one without <laughs> sleeves just so he knew which guy it was. Are there other guys out there just slinging around shirts with sleeves and he knows not to pay attention to that one? So this is a hitter you're talking about. Yeah, no, I, I, I've heard many different variations of this story. You know, wife beater, I've heard a t-shirt, tie-dye color, all this, that, a ton of different things. But it, it seems evident that this individual knew where to look and knew what to look for. And... um from what I was told, uh, Major League Baseball even got involved with this and uh, confronted the individual who was relaying the signs and uh, forbade them from doing so. So they know the guy that was doing it, and they didn't do anything to him? That is my understanding, yes. Oh, wow. that This is just fascinating stuff. It really is a rabbit hole. But cheating's been going around for a long time. My only thing is, if you've been caught and you're sloppy enough to get caught, then you deserve the punishment. You know, um, I, you'd be foolish to think that at some point in time, this other stuff isn't going to come out too, right? Well, I mean, you're talking about a guy waving a shirt around in center field. Well, someday he might be beloved in the game, but someday he might piss somebody off and they know about it, and that's coming out too. Exactly, but uh, like why – is none of this other stuff coming out? Why? Why? Like, just the, using the Red Sox example because we all know that they are involved in some way. Why is none of that coming to surface? Nobody. Because no one wants to be a rat. Anything about nobody knows anything about Cora. I, I'll tell you right now. I I sent uh, Cora a text message after he um, got fired, and I said, uh, "Hey, man, sorry you're getting dragged through the mud with all this." Uh, I, I sent him a nice message, right? And all he said was. Thanks. <laughs> and I was just like, this makes perfect sense. <laughs> like, he, What else has the guy got to say? You've got Carlos Beltran got to the Astros in what, 2017, 16? I, I don't even remember. And he was like, oh man, we're way behind the times with stealing these signs and implemented a system that he learned somewhere else. It, it's not 
organic to the Astros. And it just blows my mind that this is the only team that we're you know, pointing a finger at and saying, you guys are guilty when you have major league players, Big Poppy, John Smoltz, and um, Blackjack McDowell, who are saying, yeah, we used to do stuff like this. I wouldn't point a finger at, um, at the Astros unless you know what your team's doing. And it just continues to happen. Well, he either learned it with the, with the Cardinals, Rangers, or Yankees, okay? And that's where he went. So, first of all, to, to say that he definitely learned it from somewhere else, unless you got proof of that, I'm not buying it, you know? I mean, also, you're using interns and video machines now. This is more complex than just Carlos Beltran saying, hey, let's bang some trash cans, okay? And you yeah. know that. Exactly, but that's exactly the point, though. It, it is more complex than that, and... The use of the stupid trash cans, which is something you would have thought would have been in the early 1900s, is the reason that they got caught. You had the Phillies, a backup catcher from the Phillies used to send Morse code to de- using a telescope to tell the batter what, um, what the catcher's signal was to the pitcher. In the early 1900s, a backup catcher. And then you, you go throughout history, this stuff exists. No different than PEDs. It drives, oh, God, it fires me up. Babe Ruth allegedly injected sheep testicles, but then we're going to hold um, Mark McGuire accountable for using over-the-counter Androstein, which he proudly displayed in his locker room. It goes throughout history. Sign sealing has existed for as long as baseball has. And not only has it existed, but it grows throughout the game and we're just gonna say you guys got caught uh, by some i don't know who was it a twitter account who ended up c- catching them so you're the guilty party we're gonna scapegoat you yeah but just, just like we've done almost, every other time you're with every other scandal them. you're defending the astros because everybody else is doing it instead what? of putting the onus on the astros these guys were wrong for doing this no see i agree with you they were 100 percent wrong for doing it but they weren't doing anything that anybody else wasn't doing. And I'm not defending them. I'm just saying they're not the only guilty party, and I don't want to pretend like they are, which is what Major League Baseball is doing. Okay, you are correct. There are other teams cheating. There are other players cheating. And it's been happening for a long time, and it's part of the game. But this was so complex and so crazy that they deserved it. You know, they deserved to take the heat. But my other thing is, I'm going to go back to Trevor. But Bauer it wasn't. Here. It wasn't complex. That's the thing. It was. They had. They were using video. a damn trash can. Yeah, but it wasn't just a trash can. They had video in the back. They got guys communicating this way and that. But why did they get caught? Because of the trash can, right? You're right. It was, and you know what? Stupid people get caught for stupid things. Any other team who is delivering signs to a batter, not using a trash can, did not get caught. Legal. They may have been using more nefarious means. Like even. what? I, I'm not What's saying, more nefarious than a, a trash can? These, these alleged buzzers, if you will, you know, and it very well may have been going on in, in baseball. Everybody wants to talk about the Astros and how they use buzzers, but they forget that the same person who said the Astros were using buzzers said that, um, what the hell is his name? Uh... Uh, Gliber Torres on the Yankees uh, was using the same buzzers that the Astros were. Only what people do is they they pick out of that. They say, okay, the Astros were using buzzers, but then leave out the fact that that same person said Gliber Torres. And I'm not saying anybody is using buzzers, but I'm saying you can't just pick and choose the the facts and the sources that you want. <laughs> the fact the, the fact remains is 
a number of teams were doing this, and the Astros were the dumb ones to use freaking trash cans and got caught. Well, let me ask you this. Let's say you're the commissioner then. You have to lay down the law on the Astros. Did you do a good job of punishing them? And would you want to go after the other teams that cheated? I would, and I, I, but I understand why he didn't, because it would be an indictment not on a team, but on the game uh, in and of itself, in, entirely the game. Like the game of baseball would have a stain on it versus just a team. And I, I, I think that that approach, maybe in theory, was the right idea, but it, it just wasn't because I really think all it would have taken was to say, look, this is going on. We recognize this. Uh, it got ahead of us. We didn't do anything to stop it. Here's what we're going to do to mitigate it in the future and move on. And they didn't do it. I also think it's really interesting. Now, Trevor Bauer just did meet with the commissioner, with Manfred. But again, I'm going back to his, his interview on HBO. The guy comes out and says 70% of guys are using pine tar, which I think gives you a, lot, a bigger advantage than knowing what pitch is coming. Because at least when you think you know what pitch is coming, there was research on what that baseball prospectus article where it didn't even help them half the time. You know, they were getting the wrong signals, right? So they weren't always getting the pitch that they thought that they were getting. But if a pitcher is using pine tar, Bauer says he's not using it. I, I don't understand why he'd say 70% of use it. Oh, but I didn't use it. But pine tar g gives you a, just a huge advantage on spin rate. That alone, to me, is every bit as big of a story as banging on trash cans. Nobody's doing anything about it right now. I wouldn't be surprised if another pitcher or a hitter comes out and they're upset about it and they get ratted out because Bauer did it. He said what was going on. At least he gave his explanation. He gave his predict or maybe his uh, his thoughts that seventy percent of pitchers were using pine tar. That's ridiculous too. I think that's every bit the scandal that this trash can thing is. It's just not sexy enough. So two things on that. First, um, you mentioned did the uh, sign stealing actually help the Astros? And I heard from one dude who played for the Astros in twenty seventeen who said he had two. Uh, trash can bangs that indicated to him what pitch was coming and it indicated a fastball coming and he said both times it was on a um, uh, two strike pitch and he knew a fastball was coming and he swung through the pitch both times because the pitch was out of the zone and he said never again I don't want to know what pitch is coming because it's to me it's a disadvantage uh, because he ended up swinging at, a, at pitches that were out of the zone. And then you mentioned the pine tar thing. Funny enough, I got a message from a ball player after I was tweeting about this whole sign-stealing thing and the Astros are not the only guilty team. And this, uh, this ball player said, um, he goes, he said something along the lines of like, yeah, you know, the Astros are doing it in a way different from everybody else. Uh, and then I brought up the pine tar stuff and he goes, yeah, you know, and this guy's a, a batter, mind you. And he goes, I don't really give a shit about, um, guys, you have pine tar or anything. Uh, everybody's doing it. What I care about is the Astros, if they're boiling Coca-Cola to use that for a sticky substance or something. And it's just funny to me that if, if you got a guy from a, an opposing team who's saying, I don't care about pine tar well, it seems pretty obvious then his boys are probably doing it too. Yes. And it's going across the entire league. But like you said, it's not the sexy subject. It's not banging on trash cans. Yeah, it isn't. And I did some research on trash cans while you were talking. You want to hear about it? Let's do it. Um, 1885, 
200 garbage incinerators were constructed across the U.S. Soon after that, Americans adopted the idea of a garbage bin using wood, buckets, and metal. So it is possible that the Brooklyn Superbas, all those years ago, they too were cheating by using metal trash cans or maybe buckets or wood. Are you talking about the same Brooklyn Superbas who had the all-time greatest single-season record in one-run baseball games? Damn straight I was. <laughs> who, who, who do you take me for here? Come on, of course they were the best. Speaking of stats, uh, speak now or forever hold your peace until the next podcast about the Astros. Anything else you want to add? Because I want to well, get into the uh, into this these stats in just a sec. Just one stat I'll, I'll throw out there that I just put out there just to – kind of irk people because Yankees fans tend to get pissed off um, is I put out uh, Jose Altuve and Aaron Judge's career home and road splits. Altuve's 310, 364, 464 at home, 319, 363, 462 on the road. That's a .001 OPS difference. Aaron Judge, you're looking at 315, 433, 647 at home, 233, 355, 472 on the road. Now, the Yankees are one of those teams who were accused uh, by the Astros and by other people of doing the exact same thing. Nothing has ever happened to the Yankees. I'm hold not on, doing the, the Yankees... same. Hold on, doing the same thing, not with the trash cans, but no. figuring out a way to get the pitches. Right. Uh, okay. By stealing signs by electronical means is okay. what I mean by doing the same thing. And, uh, and, uh, Nothing's ever really came of that. Uh, nothing will because the Yankees aren't, you know, the Cowboys. They're not America's team. They're baseball's way to the entire world of the, you know, Yankees, Red Sox. Uh, I, again, I, this is why I believe the Red Sox haven't really been uh, fingered in any of this, and I don't think they will. I think it'll end up being pushed under the rug. But I'm not saying Aaron Judge did anything wrong, but those numbers do make you raise an eyebrow. See, I think all this stuff's going to come out in time. It always does. Go back. The, yeah, the but PE. 20 years from now, what good is it? Right, exactly. Like, we'll learn the truth. We're just not going to know the truth anytime soon. Just like we're going to learn that Michael Jordan got suspended from basketball for gambling. Oh, would you stop that? That's total <laughs> bullshit. It's the dumbest conspiracy theory I've ever heard. It's I think the most done... intelligent conspiracy theory I've it's ever heard. It's just dumb. Come on. I'm not even going to... Stats. Will you give me some stats? You're better at stats than conspiracy theories, okay? <laughs> you had a Bob Feller stat. I like Bob Feller. He's a He was just a crotchety old man, a World War II veteran, a great pitcher, an absolute hero. Bob Feller, all said and done, total stud. Yeah, uh, Feller is one of my all-time favorites because he has one of my all-time favorite facts that I've ever come across, and that was... Um, I want to get the dates right, so give me one second. Uh, um, Feller from 39 to 46 led all of baseball in strikeouts, even though he was serving in World War II from 42 to 45. And one of my favorite facts that came of all of this is he led all of Major League Baseball in strikeouts in 1938, 1939, 1940, 1941, and then in 42, 43, 44, and 45, he was at World War II. And then he came back and led all of Major League Baseball in strikeouts in 46, 47, and 48. <laughs> what I a- talk about that dude enough. Have you ever been to his museum in Iowa? No. It's I- am
It's absolutely amazing. It's like the size of my bathroom. And it's got a whole bunch of stuff in it. I'm sure. I'm sure you, you got there when you were doing the Cubs games, right? The Iowa that you, Cubs. That, yeah. that you loved. Long time ago. <laughs> Long time ago. Big fan of Iowa. Today is uh, opposite day. So do you have a Babe Ruth stat? Because I'm going to tell you something right now. Did you know that Babe Ruth's final appearance at Yankee Stadium? He wasn't playing anymore, obviously. Bob Feller had never faced Babe Ruth. Bob Feller actually had a bat, and he gave it to Babe Ruth, and that is how Babe Ruth he used it as a cane to come out and make his final speech. These two okay. guys are tied at the hip. That's uh, actually pretty awesome. I did not know that. Well, you know what? If you would have spoken to Bob Feller, you would have known that. I'm not old enough there, pal. No, you know all the <laughs> recent guys. I just know all the dead guys. <laughs> Go on, Babe Ruth stat. So, hold on, I got a couple of Ruth ones for you because uh, I've had a lot of fun with uh, with this uh, poor dead son of a bitch of late. And uh, hold on, who's let... a dead poor son? Dead... <laughs> Who are you talking about, Babe Ruth? I mean, the guy that wake him up and Pedro Martinez will blow him away. Adam Atina, what is his name? Adavino. Adavino will, yeah, throw it back to best baseball yeah. podcast. Me Whatever. messing up every single last name. Uh, I like we'll, that, uh, by the way, because it gives me a chance to be smarter than you for once. <laughs> but Ruth uh, led all of baseball with 11 home runs in 1918 and 60 in 1927. And then three years later, he led all of baseball with the difference, 49 in 1930. But one of my favorite things about Ruth is the fact that the, the dude was supposed to be a, a pitcher. And he was um, he, very good at it, in fact. And he's got... Uh, since uh, his first season, 1914, among pitchers with at least 1,000 innings pitched, uh, Mariano Rivera ranks first at 2.21 ERA. Then you got Ruth second, 2.28, and then Clayton Kershaw, 2.44. So wow. This, this dude was pretty good at the game all around. And I, I really, one of the things we'll have to get into sometime is um, the fact that guys go, ah, oh, you know, wake up Babe Ruth and he couldn't play today. Yeah, you know, that's true, but wake up the first dude who ever broke the four-minute mile or the five-minute mile, whatever you want to say, and have him run against today's runners, and he wouldn't hold a candle. You can't really compare a guy and say that if you put him in a time machine 100 years later, he couldn't compete because, yeah, well, no shit, that's that's the way that human beings work and evolve, and it, it just doesn't make any sense to me to say that Ruth wasn't any good because... He couldn't play today. Who would say that? But this is like this is like a, you should know. You've you've done it for over twenty years. This is a hack radio bit. Is could Babe Ruth play today? No, he couldn't. We all know that. But it's because he's from a hundred years ago. Yeah, I still think I I still think the NBA is the easiest way to do it. Like if you went back, Bob Cousy could Bob Cousy play today? I probably not. Doctor J could. They just wouldn't be as good. We're talking about a hundred years now since Babe Ruth played. My, so think, think my about all, but he was so much better than everybody else that played. Is the amazing thing. That's yes. what is Babe. That's what makes Babe Ruth so special. He was hitting home runs. I mean, what did you have? He hit like fifty-one more home runs than the second guy, or forty-nine more when he was playing. That's the difference. He's just no. better than everyone. When he had 59 home runs, he, he was hitting more than entire opposing teams, right? So that's what I put stock in is the league-adjusted stats. I think that those have a place um, in history. And that's why those are the stats that say Babe Ruth was probably the, probably the best hitter of all time. 
But you, you talk about um, bringing back Bob Cousy and Dr. Dre. One of my favorites of all time was um, a dude who tweeted out the night Kobe scored 81 points. He said, Kobe's 81 is better than Wilt's 100. Wilt scored um, 100 against these Seinfeld-looking mother effers and, and posted yeah. a photo of what the Celtics were. And it was a bunch of Holden Kushners. <laughs> See, this is the problem, though. This, you know, that bothers me. Because 20 years from now, we're going to be talking about Mike Trout just being... Exactly! You know, oh, but Mike Trout only had to hit guys with a 7,000 spin rate. Now they got 54,000 spin rate. <laughs> Mike Trout couldn't play today. You know, this always happens. It happens when we talk about the best. All right, well, so we got some stats. Say your piece and let's move on. No, you're, I just, you're exactly right. I, I said it recently um, that... The same people who I, I, I genuinely hope that they're alive for another hundred years who say that Babe Ruth was no good because of the era in which he played or Ted Williams was no good because of the era in which he played. I hope they're alive for another hundred years just so they have to sit on their uh, high hill and say that Mike Trout sucked because of those exact same reasons that you said. And I'm looking at my, my beautiful Ted Williams, Joe DiMaggio autograph photos that I got in person. Ted Williams could not play today? that's no no no. serious question like was his bat too heavy or the the guy was just has a beautiful swing and guys today use his swing yeah i i I don't know i think ted williams probably close enough he could probably compete today but probably not to the level and um not at the level that he did then there's that old you know you always hear these nonsensical things like uh bob feller threw 115 miles an hour because he threw against a motorcycle or something. Mm-hmm. It's it's nonsense. Ted Williams couldn't read a baseball as it was being pitched to him. That's that's idiotic. I mean, but it's been said. Um, but could he compete today? Probably, but probably not at the level at which he did when he did. And let's just leave baseball in the era that it that it belongs. And I actually pulled up the tweet that I that I sent about the. I hope I said uh, I honestly hope that Twitter still exists a hundred years from now, uh, and that uh, people with phony accounts and forty-seven followers can say things like Mike Trout faced <laughs> face pitchers who were throwing like a hundred miles per hour max. No way he could compete today. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are throwing one twenty. You know, Manfred's the year is 2060 and Rob Manfred is still the commissioner. He's upset about a lack of home runs, So he moved the mound to 40 feet, you know, and, and you could only pitch underhand slow pitch softball. I mean, this is it to, to it's easy to compare eras. It's just not right. You know, it's as simple as that. All right, let's move on here. Speaking of the Yankees and Babe Ruth, let's talk about the Yankees this year. Um, the modern-day Babe Ruth, according to a lot of Yankees fans, Aaron Judge. So he's got the stress fracture in his right rib. He's probably not going to be ready. Uh, James Paxson's always hurt. He's got a bad back. you got Aaron Hicks out till June or July. You've got Severino out for the year. And Gary Sanchez has a back issue. And, and he's a guy that battled the groin issue last year and the back issue now, and he's taking some time off. He's probably going to miss some games just to kind of uh, let him rest. Did I mention Giancarlo Stanton, who is day-to-day, but he has a calf issue, and he's still doing, you know, hitting off the tee. And st- he's a ways away. And everybody's saying, oh, the Yankees going 105 games because they still got terrific pitching and they got this and they got that. 
So are the Yankees with these injuries at this point in time of the year? Are the Yankees still on pace to win 100 games this year? Did you think they're going to win 100 games? And with the injuries, do you think they're going to win 100 games right now? So I am done discounting what the Yankees are capable of because last season was unlike anything I've ever seen before. Nobody was healthy, ever. You discount it. Of all those people you mentioned, they won 103 games. All those players you mentioned, you didn't even mention their best player last season, who was DJ LeMahieu, who very well could have won the MVP award and who was supposed to be no good because he was leaving uh, Coors Field, which, you know, the Coors effect, and we've gotten into that before, and I'm sure we will again. But I, I can't discount this team. I, I really think that they're going to front run in this division. I would love to see the Rays overtake them. But you were competing last season with guys like Gio uh, Urshela and Mike Tauchman and uh, Tauchman, however the hell you want to tell me to say it. Uh, I don't. They just seem to find a way. It's they're like the Jurassic Park of Major League Baseball, uh, where life finds a way. Very proud of that. <laughs> what do you have against Gio Urshela, man? I mean, this guy was terrific last year. You know, 314, 355, 534 slash with 21 home runs and 132 games. What's wrong with Gio Urshela? I have nothing against Gio Urshela. He broke into the big leagues at 23 years old. He's 28, and he's played less than 300 career games. There's a reason for that. Why? But the What's Yankees the have somehow managed to turn guys like Gio Urshela, and I know you're going to give me shit for butchering his name, uh, Mike Talkman. Talkman. I don't know if I said that yeah, right. Yeah, that's all right. Talkman. Whatever. Close enough. Uh, who, for the first time in his career at 28 years old, got even 50 at-bats last season, starting for the majority of the time, and they won 103 games. These are guys who you don't think belong in the big leagues, typically, and then they go ahead and make them into productive big league ball players. So I have nothing to say about the Yankees. I, I can't comment on their injuries because I don't see them having a major impact on this team because they just find a way to win. Hold on they a always second. Do. Hold on, hold on. Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton. Let's just hypothetically say they're out the first month. This team is not even going to feel the impact of those two guys being gone? Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton last season played a combined 120 games. Cut that in half for two dudes. You're talking 60 games with a span of 162. No. They didn't feel the impact last season. Judge was productive when he was on the field, of course. Uh, Stanton really wasn't. But no, I don't. I don't think that they're going to feel a major impact with either one of those guys gone. Uh, just so you know, Luis Gonzalez didn't have his breakout year till he was age 30. Uh, I think J.D. Martinez was right around 27. Just expect you or Shella to hit 35 home runs this year and be in the I, MVP race. Uh, hold on. We're sponsored by a, a bet online, right? Uh-huh. What's the bet? Uh, we, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll give you 29 and a half over under right do you now. think i was serious about that i'm not betting on that i was busting your balls give me a break uh, dude 29 and a half that's why i give you 29 and a half instead of 35 fine i show. want ten thousand to one <laughs> <laughs> are you willing to risk that are you willing to risk that 10 bucks against a hundred thousand uh you know what let me get back to you on it <laughs> are you sure i mean you sound pretty confident 
I don't think he's hitting 30. But. All right. So the Yankees <laughs> aren't going to be affected. You know what I do want to talk about before we wrap this up here was a, it's actually got a betting angle to it because so you got a couple of pitchers in spring training saying that the ball feels softer and it's like it was a few years ago. Zach Eflin, uh, super amazing pitcher, Zach Eflin. Uh, he says it's softer. You can notice the seams a little bit more. So this is going to be fascinating for a guy that bets, especially totals. And, you know, I love daily fantasy sports, DFS. You know, you're looking. The, the game has been played the last few years, home runs and strikeouts. And what if the baseballs are not juiced anymore? So what are we going to see? The, the levels go back to 2014 before the huge home run explosion. Is it never turning around again just because we've got new approaches? We're going to find out how much launch angle and other things have played into this and how the ball really didn't matter that much. To me, this is fascinating. Like, how is this going to work, Spader? I'm going to read off some home run totals over the last few years. So last year they set a record, right? 6,776 home runs. The year before that, the ball was juiced, 5885. In 2017, 61.05. In 2016, 56.10. You know, before that, we'd never gotten to 5,000 with the exception of 2009. And even during the, the guys were juicing, we're sitting there around 5,000. So really the thing, everything changed around 1998 when it finally hit 5,000. And then it took another huge jump in 2016. So if the balls are changed and we go from 6,700 home runs back down to maybe 4,900 home runs, the game is going to be completely changed, especially for us guys that like to bet on it. Yeah, so one thing I got on that, you mentioned the laces. And I can remember late in the 2018 season, I had a couple pitchers uh, texted me saying that, dude, this ball is different. The laces are different. They're not there. I can't get a grip on my curveball. And what happened, uh, what was it, May or June of that same season was Major League Baseball acquired Rawlings. And then you had the home run explosion in 2019 where everybody's hitting the ball out. Now, uh, as Dr. Meredith Wills will tell you, a, a baseball being more round, less uh, of a pronounced lace, will... Uh, fly more efficiently that could potentially lead to more home runs right um if the baseball is back to what it should be or what it was or whatever then yeah you could see a drop off in home runs uh, uh, and maybe you see teams trying to get offensive production from uh, other means you also uh, bring up dfs which i don't participate in too often but you know i because yeah, you I got lucky my, one time you won I, you're like i'm out you're like costanza i dip my toes in the water on occasion and um i i just like to remind you as somebody who's never won one that the second contest in which i ever entered out of 5771 people i finished number one mm-hmm. yeah so and, what's your uh, point my point is because you uh, got lucky one time. No, I, I think I'm just great at it. Like ba you're like Babe Ruth playing in today's <laughs> game. You know, Babe Ruth would go 0 for 10, and then you know they throw him an off-speed pitch, and he'd connect, and he got lucky. You know, he got lucky that the pitcher was stupid. Anyways, who's this doctor you're quoting? 
Uh, Meredith it- Will. She wrote a, that really compelling article for The Athletic on um, the baseballs and their difference. She was dissecting the baseballs, literally like knitting them apart uh, hand by hand. The article was incredible. Uh, it's it's one of the athletics, so you got to ex- subscribe to to read it. But um, I, I I helped out a little bit with some of the numbers on that, and um, just a very intelligent person who uh, uh, kind of separated herself from the bias, I suppose, towards loving the game, and just took it from like a scientific perspective. Did a whole bunch of experiments with the baseballs, with the leather, with the laces with the guts of it and the fact of the matter was that the 2019 baseballs were in fact different now are we going to see 2020 baseballs that are the um the exact same as 2018 or 2017 or whatever 2008 who knows uh it remains to be seen and i think probably from a better's perspective if if you compare the early couple week trends to what happened last season and then in past seasons, you can probably make a pretty good prediction on where uh, where the season's going to head uh, as a whole. That's interesting. I mean, obviously because of the weather, we'll see how the weather is too. There's so many different factors. Well, that's that why you got to that's why you got to look at everything where it's happening in that pers- uh, particular point in time. Like see, but you, this is- you look at early April versus early April. Only you can't look at early April versus you know late June, whatever. Ryan, all the pitchers are saying, and we wanted to go back to 2017, but 2017 was the second most home runs hit. It was the first time they ever got to 6,000. It was 6,100. 2018, it was almost 5,600. And then last year it went just astronomical to 6,776. So the pitchers are saying the feel is like it was from 2017, but 2017 balls were going out. At a new record pace and the second highest pace ever. So, but yeah, but you're saying in two years, you're you're talking about a a percentage increase of nearly twelve percent in home runs from what was then the record. And right. I'm supposed to believe that Major League Baseball had nothing to do with. No, 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 no. You and I are on the same. We've been saying this for years now. Two years ago, really, when it all started, we were saying the balls were juiced. All right, we've had this all the time, but what's the explanation for 2017 is what I want to know. You know, that's what I don't get. The pitchers are saying, oh, the ball feels different. Well, you went from 56 to 6,100. You had you had 500, what is that, 10% basically? A 10, 9% increase from 16 to 17, but they're all saying the ball was good in 17. So I just wonder what the other factors are. It's just questions. The data is the number of home runs. The question I have is, why are they keep saying that they want the ball back to 2017 when they had set a record and went over 6,000 for the first time ever? I, I think the uh, – well, there was a huge drop-off in attendance from 2017, from a Major League Baseball standpoint anyway, from 2017 to 2018. And that continued from 2018 into 2019, actually. And – I guess Major League Baseball looked at it the same way as Bud Selig did in the uh, 90s into the 2000s where, you know, he turned his back on people using nefarious drugs that Major League Baseball did not test for in that the home run sells. And uh, it didn't work for Major League Baseball in 2019 because they saw a drop-off in attendance. Um, I, I don't know how f- how that looks in terms of their viewership on um, 
television or their listenership on radio, but the in-park attendance definitely dropped off. So maybe they're approaching it like, you know, this didn't work. We'll go back to the old baseball. But you talk about they want to go back to the 2017 baseball. Well, this is what the guys were used to throwing. And when you're throwing for uh, Justin Verlander, for example, who had pitched since, what, 2000, I want to say 2005, um, when you're when you're Justin Verlander, who has thrown the same baseball from 2005 to 2017, you're talking 20, uh, or excuse me, you're talking 13 years, and then all of a sudden you got to throw a different baseball. You, you don't like it. it, and a lot of these guys, I've heard them describe it as like trying to throw a uh, curveball with a cue ball, which you know, of course, is completely round, but. Uh, I, I, I guess I don't, I'm I'm dumbfounded. I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll see what happens this year with the with the baseball. But as far as I I have no information. Well, if pitchers are using pine tar, then then it's like throwing a cue ball with pine tar. Then that's going to be easy. That's all I can no, say. No, it's not going to be easy. Oh, it's definitely going to be easy. Just put pine tar on anything. And you can grip it. Yeah, put it on a. Don't uh, use it during sex, Bader. I know you put, had a problem it, with it. I'm just going to remind you. Don't use pineapple. it during sex. Hey, I. I use it. They're not. They don't sponsor. They don't sponsor our show yet. But I do use a pine tar soap, which is really nice. You've got to be you know, shitting one, me. Once they once they sponsor us, I'll, I'll maybe right. throw them a plug. Yeah. But you're busting yeah. balls. There's no, no way God, you have fin- pine tar soap. You must. I swear to God. What, you smell like a Christmas tree. It's fantastic. No, it's not Christmas. Smell like pine. I know that's the worst. Why would you like pine? Like if I want to smell like fantastic. a, I'm going to smell like a cherry blossom, or maybe a maple. You know, maple syrup? What do I want to smell like a pine tree for? Hey, it smells fantastic. This is awful. All right, let's wrap it up with this. Coronavirus, do you have it? No, I don't. Although I will say, this is it's funny you bring this up. I just got a notification, and I'm not breaking any protocol. As you know, I still have, what, 22 days left in the Marine Corps. And um, the uh, Marine Corps Base Quantico, where I'm stationed, is sending out a notification that there is a Marine who was stationed on Quantico who has coronavirus. So I don't think I have to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> oh, that's great. You can work from home. No, just don't work at all. You just don't have to work at all. You can stay at home and just tweet out stats all day. That's wonderful. Yeah. Sounds well, good I, to me. You know, yeah. I was actually broadcast. I was doing the pre and post game show for um, the Orioles on Masson. Um, so there's a pregame show and then there's a pre pregame show. I was doing the pre pregame show and, uh, I was going to do the postgame show too. It was the day that the Orioles had a home game and nobody was allowed to be there. It was the most bizarre baseball game I've ever watched on television. You know, you had the broadcasters, the cameramen oh, and the two was that teams. When they had the, um, the, what do you call it? The black Lives matter thing. The what? They had like the black lives matter thing going on in Baltimore and um, there was all kinds of protests and looting and stuff and so they didn't let anybody in the stadium was that why I don't I don't remember why I just remember they were playing the uh, White Sox yeah that that's exactly and you know why, what yeah. you're right that's what it was it was civil unrest I just looked at I didn't remember why they play with nobody but it was bizarre man and I'm telling you right now we're so, gonna have well, games without without any fans or they're just not gonna play the games the season's you- gonna get disrupted by this are you uh, friendly with, I don't, I don't know, again, pronouncing names, Rock 
Kabatko. Rock Ku. I know Rock Kabatko. Yeah, I know Rock. Yeah. So I've applied to uh, BBWAA because I qualify per their rules several times through their president and then their whatever the hell the guy who grants the ominous dominus on you have admission. And I didn't get any response. And then eventually, uh, Sean Foreman, who is an honorary member, well-deserving, sent me a message and told me to contact this individual. And uh, that individual directed me to contact the person who is in charge of the chapter nearest to where I'm from. And that's uh, Rock Kubatko. How do you say it? Kubatko? Might as well know his name. Yeah. So uh, maybe you can put in a good word for me. You want me to hit Rock up for you? I, I gotta hit him. I, I gotta hit him up and say, "Hey, man, you gotta let me in your exclusive club so I can get a a, a vote for the Hall of Fame." I don't want years. you to be in the Baseball Writers Association of America because then you're gonna be a dick. You know, well, I, it's just I'm already a dick. No, dude. <laughs> you're a nice guy, you, but once you get there, you're gonna get all hoity-toity. You know, it's just uh, no. See, but that's the the reason I want to be a part of it is because I don't. I, I I'm against all of that. I hate the fact that Kurt Schilling's not in the Hall of Fame because people hate him. Me too. Like. It's stupid. Guess what? Kurt Schilling said some stupid things. He was a great baseball player, though. And it's a baseball museum. End of story. We could go on for another two hours about this. I know, and we will. I mean, we'll have time to do this. We're going to be doing this through the season and then the off season. We're going to do this for a year. We're going to check it out. I hope it works out. Um, I really do, because this is great. And I want to thank Blue Wire again. Uh, Kevin Jones, a guy I've known from Washington, D.C. When we were doing television out there, he picked us up. means a lot to us um, and all our listeners, too. So we're kind of building from the ground floor again. And uh, for those of you that like our stuff, go for it. Follow Ryan uh, at the Ace of Spader, the Ace of Spader, S-P-A-E-D-E-R. I'm at Holden Radio. No, it's I'm just glad this is back. I love I'm just glad I'm not doing this with you in person because you smell like pine. That is a scent that makes me <laughs> sick to my stomach. No, you, you, you would get sick of me bringing over two, three Miller Lights. <laughs> no, no, no. I was fine with you drinking alcohol. That didn't bother me. But smelling it, like an a, a overpopulated a tree makes me sick. Again, try a maple tree. Try a cherry blossom. What are you doing with the pine? Your lady likes this? Does she like you smelling like pine? She does indeed. Uh, goodbye. This has been The Walk-Off.